what is it going to take for the church, our church, and then the body of Christ in whole? Because as you just saw that the world, folks, is, is full steam ahead. They're not missing a beat. The weather hadn't slowed them down. Corona, the vaccine, mandates, the money chain, nothing has stopped the world at all. In fact, sin is abounding, and we know grace abounds more than sin. But what is it going to take? And I don't want to just get really too fast ahead of myself, but I want you to think about that for a minute. You know, back in 2001, for a period of my, my own opinion, about three days, it took two planes going into the World Trade Center uh, in New York for the world and the church to be respectful and reverent and pray again. Not that it does the world any good unless they're repenting. And then it's taken other things since then that has gotten people's attention. But yes, I wonder if I'm not, what is it going to take for me to be at a place where I really don't care about anything but what God says and what God says to do. I don't want things to be convenient, but usually in the Bible, when you read of people that were uprooted and stripped down and emptied out, bang for his buck, excuse the expression. I say all the time, our blessing has become a curse to us. Our money, our jobs, our comfort, our, uh, our conveniences, they have become that. And so I know that there is a place because ahead, and we are seeing apostasy. And what does that word mean? That that uh, comes from a Greek word apostasia, and that's just like uh, disregarding, walking away, doing away with, and, and not uh, really uh, paying attention to anymore. And the Bible tells us, you know, we are seeing that where uh, biblical morality is ignored. That was part of this video that I, I wanted you to hear. And see, because, folks, this is something, even if you don't recognize that, and we as the body of Christ, we've got to figure this out sooner or later, and we've got to retaliate some kind of way. First of all, we've got to retaliate on our knees. And if you've been with us at all through a season of fasting or you're still in, uh, involved in that, you need to know that this is not just doing without food, losing weight, eating beans over and over again and fruit and your house smelling like Canton paper mill, that's not what it's about. It's about us drawing nigh to God while we can and doing what God has left you here to do. I want you to say this. This is unscripted. Uh, I'm going to say that for a bigger reason than what I'm involved in. And you are. You can embrace or not breathing for what you've got to do today. You're not breathing for what you have to do this week. There is a greater calling. There is a greater purpose on your life. And you've got to realize you can never get so far. This is why this title of this again is part two of what is it going to take? Because some people get they are exempt. It doesn't apply to them or they've achieved so much that not even God can touch them or bother them or uproot them from where they are. But like I told you about Saul last week, there's not a man or a woman or a corporation or a church or a ministry breathing or in existence that God cannot humble you and get your attention. There's a man in the Bible that was more than all of us will ever be as far as had and his 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 place in his world. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't, the army says, or Marines and everybody else, Marines needs a few good men, but you can be all you can be in the army. And, but in God's army, there's something we're supposed to be doing, but we haven't reached that place yet. But this man that I want, instead of me telling you, how far he had, we won't get to where he, because he was a king. You can be the king of your castle now. You can be the king, king of the hill till your wife gets home. 
You can be the king for a little while, but then it's over with. You can be the king, but you can't be the king like this king was. So this king that I want in his words, and for some reason or another, right in the middle of the book of Daniel, this king that I'm talking about is Nebuchadnezzar, and so God allowed king his own account to be included in Daniel's uh, writings, and he's telling a story about what happened to him. I'm going to read part of it, and I'm going to tell you part of it, and you can, you can see it being played out because this guy had arrived, you see. He was not close to the top. He was the top. He was uh, higher than God, and he verbalized that, which is, that's a bad mistake. If you have a Bible, if you're at home, get a Bible, and I want you to highlight or underline this because this is, this is more than I can pack into this morning. I just pray that you would anoint me, anoint us to hear, and we rebuke the devourer in every way. In Jesus' name, God's people said amen. So Nebuchadnezzar, the king, is giving this account. Verse 1, to, to all peoples, this is he talking now, to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied to you. Notice his tone here now. Verse 2, I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God has worked for me. How great are his signs and how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house and flourishing in my palace. He not only had it, but he had even more coming to him. I saw a dream which made me afraid, and the thoughts on my bed and the visions of my head troubled me. And what he did at that moment, you can just kind of hold it right there, but what he did at that time, all the magicians, the soothsayers, all, all of the wise men of the king, he tried to get some kind of revelation on this dream. Nobody could help him out because God was responsible. So somebody had notified Daniel, and I'm paraphrasing this for time's sake. And Daniel came in. He explained the dream, and Daniel told him. Now, I want you to listen. Because not one detail was left out of this dream, nor its interpretation. He told him. He said, King, what you just saw and what, what was revealed to you was this. The tree, this, this great tree you saw, sprawled out all over the land and had all kind of privileges, all kind of honor, and all, really all kind of worship and attention. He said, this was you. This was you. And all it cut down to a stump, and although the tree was gone, there was still a little bit of it left. He said, that was you. And what's going to happen, you see, because you don't recognize God, are you hearing all this? Because this has a lot to do with what, and I, I'm going to just add a little bit in, not to the Word of God, but to me trying to explain this and open up your mind as much as I possibly, and your heart today. He said, but you've really been blessed. God's been you to get to this place in your life, to see all you've seen, and to acquire and accomplish all that you've accomplished. And so you have not, for uh, remember God in all of this, you've kind of just sit back and let it come and let it continue to come and let it pile up and you kind of look around and glance at it and you, you, you don't give God any honor. You don't acknowledge God and what's going to happen is you're going to be cut down to almost nothing. The kingdom will be taken away from you but not forever and everything that you know in a matter of just moments, you're going to be ran out of the palace. You're not going to have any uh, guides. You're not going to have any servants. You're not going to have anybody taking care of you. In fact, seven times or seven years are going to pass over you. Your hair is going to grow out, 
as long as eagle's feathers. You're going to have them long fingernails that's going to look like the claw on a bird. And you're going to have to eat grass just like the animals do. And you're going to feel the dew of the morning when you wake up from being homeless and being... I know you can't even see this now because you're hooked up right now. You've got it all going on. But I wished, I really wish, and we're going to jump back in here in a minute, and you're going to read the scripture I'm referring to. I wish you would give God the glory. I really wish before all this happens, I wish before it's going to take this, that you would humble yourself and you would just say, God, I see where I've gone wrong. I see that I've let it all go to my head. I see that I've just ignored you. I've kind of had a form of godliness which has not even been about you. Daniel said, I, I wish you would just stop right now before it gets to this because it's really going to happen. So the Bible says what I just said in verse 27, and I want you to follow along again. He said, Therefore, O king, let my advice be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by being righteous and your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps, perhaps there may be a lengthening of your prosperity. All this came upon Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, everybody say 12 months. Didn't happen immediately, okay? So just because God deals with you on a Sunday, for instance, during a message or during worship or during uh, when we're doing some kind of a dramatic presentation or a song or a skit or a mime or anything or during an altar call, just because what God deals with you about and you turn a deaf ear to, it doesn't happen as soon as you get in your car. It doesn't mean that God was just joking around with you. Whatever God speaks to you about, whatever God deals with you about, listen. God doesn't forget, and God doesn't say, well, they just don't believe it, so I got to let it go. God fulfills his word every time, all the time, since the beginning of time. And he said this, at the end of 12 months, Nebuchadnezzar, verse 29, was walking about the royal palace of Babylon, the king spoke saying, here you go, you know, Wednesday night, you bless, and by your words, you curse and condemn. The Lord said, bitter water, sweet water ought not to come out of the same fountains. And see, we speak those things that are not as though they are, but we also, we also speak with our mouths of praise and walls tear down. We talk about this at 915, about a lot of Sundays, and we break down walls when we sing. We break down walls when we worship. We break down walls when we praise God. But we also build up walls when we are negative and when we always are poor pitiful and we're the victim and, and it's always something bad happening. We, 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 we box ourselves in. And so this is what this guy did. It wasn't anybody else. It was what come out of his own mouth. The Bible says it right here. The king spoke. The king spoke saying, is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power? You got to stay away from the pronouns in life, folks. I know that the school system's telling people different in the world. The education system of the world is embracing, be a pronoun type person. But listen to me, you stay away from these pronouns. You hear me? And so here you go. We probably just lost a few people right there, but we're going to keep on going. He says, I have built this great place and by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty. Three times, my, 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 I, in one verse. You see what the devil will do? He'll make you think you are a God in your own world. Somebody say amen to that. He will. He'll tell you you are it. You are the God. You are the man. You are the woman. But I got news for you. Verse 31 just lets it right out. While the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed 
from you. Here you go. God can throw a pronoun back at you if you need one. And they shall drive you from the men and your dwelling shall of the field. They shall make you eat grass like the oxen and seven times shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. That very hour, the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. And at the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, still the one giving you this account here in chapter 4, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven and my understanding returned to me. See, it left him. And I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom is from general. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one, everybody say this scripture with me. You need this in your spiritual DNA this week. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? No one. 36, at the same time, my reason returned to me. I love how the Bible says we are overcomers. By the word of our testimony. At the same time, my reason returned to me. And for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor returned to me. My counselors and nobles resorted to me. I was restored to my kingdom and excellent majesty was added to me. Here's the shouting verse in the chapter. Now, now, now. Everybody say now. We're doing a lot of this today. Now. Seven years a bad mullet and bad fingernails and probably a tore-up stomach. All the fasters in the house from eating grass. Listen to me. Now, after all that, I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of Heaven, all of whose works are truth and His ways justice. And those who, here's the money verse, those who walk in pride, he is able to put down. Yes, he is. He's able to bring them down. So, it might not be a light. It might not be seven years. It might not be the long hair. It might not eaten, be eaten with the animals. It might not be homeless. It might, might not be the bad fingernails. But there is something, and don't walk out of here today nonchalant and casually treating the Word of God like it won't happen to you and where you, and you are where you need to be. Nobody, beginning with me, is where we need to be. That's the truth. I'll be the first to admit, but you're the preacher. I don't care. That's my occupation, and that is my calling from God. And this is the place he has me for right now. This is the place God has me. But listen to me. I am not where I can be in the Lord. Do you hear me? He's got more than I can hold. Let me tell you, and I, I, I want to stay right here for one second. Well, how do you know you are where you need to be? When you get to the place where you no longer care about anything that you are or anybody that is about you, the only thing you care about is what is God going to do today and what does he want to do with me? When you get right there, and I don't care if it's your car, a bag of groceries, your checking account, or all day helping somebody pray at their house or doing chores or caring about them or giving up a weekend to see somebody and help 
them out. When you get to the place, your life is defined by looking and being like Jesus Christ. You are in a good spot is what the Bible tells us all. And that's where you need to aim for because we are still in a certain place as Nebuchadnezzar where, where we still got to take care of us. We've got to make sure that our world is the way we want it and we still, church, to a certain degree, squeeze in God when we want to. And God's got a place. God's got a place. God's got a place. And over and over again, we know about Job. He had it all before he had ten times more than what he had. He lost it all, including his family in one day. I've seen people, I don't want this to happen to me. I don't want it to happen to you. I don't want it to happen to my immediate or extended family. But I have seen people come back to God and get closer to God than they've ever been after they've lost somebody dear to them. Because you found out there is no friend that sticks like a brother but Almighty God. I'm telling you, there is a place that you can get to where you will look up because there's nowhere else to look. And I'm not, I'm not doing this to try, to try to make everybody feel guilty or try to make people feel bad. I don't know why I go to that church. I don't know why I even kind of risk it today if you feel like you did, to hear that. You did this because God led you here. It'd been easy to stay at home and be excused. Amen? It would have been, and nobody would have really thought about that unless we would have saw you at Dunkin' Donut at 1230 today. There would have been a problem, Houston. All right. Anyway, and, and, and look, don't judge anybody if you see them at the church now. It could have thawed out during church, if you know what I mean. But listen to me. It's not about judging or making anybody about feel bad. We watched the video that I'm going to refer to again and maybe again. I'm showing you that this is going to be, I believe, a great year for this church. I believe this might be the greatest year for this church because God's been preparing this church. He's been preparing that campus that he blessed us with 10 years ago. Uh, in April, it'll be our 10-year anniversary. And I can't help but feel the Holy Ghost when I know what God's done in the past 12 months over there. And I just shared this with Nikki on Friday or Thursday. God's doing something that we cannot put our finger on. We think we know, but God says, my ways are higher than your ways. So I believe this is the biggest year for the, this church. But I believe it's going to be the biggest year for the church who's not offended today, but it's open and you say, God, search me because I don't want to be the same old lazy Christian or the lax. I don't want to be the selfish Christian. I want to be one that's on fire. I want to be sharp. I want to be right. I want to be ready. I want to be giving. I want to be loving. I want to be praying. I want to be helping. I want to be more like Jesus than I've ever been before. And before I can get there, God may have to let seven times pass over me so he can get my attention. But it doesn't have to be that way. I'm crying. You know what scripture I'm crying out today to me and you? I'm crying verse 27. King, don't let it come to that. Maybe God in his mercy will say, well, he finally wised up. I know he added 15 years to Hezekiah's life when he began to weep and pray. He was a dead man, but he began to pray to God, and he said, well, I can't look nowhere else but up because he holds my breath in his hand. God told the prophet, go back in and say, I've heard you. Here's 15 more years. You better do something good with it. That's why I made that reference about Cindy. I'm not singling her out because I want her to come back. But what I'm saying is God doesn't let you. You might not even know her story. Maybe you can get it one day. But it's going to take a long time because Cindy is a major crier. And that's a good thing because we, we drip bad. But God does not spare you from a bad marriage, from loss of a loved one, from losing it all, from a bad car wreck. 
or anything. God does not spare you so you can Nebuchadnezzar this world and soak it up and look and count what you acquired and accumulated. If you really believe this book right here, you have a mindset, I'm on my way home. This mess don't matter to me. In fact, I'll prove it to you. Here you go. You can have it. It's of no use to me. I could be gone today. And so listen, church. Matthew Henry, if we went back to verse 2. In fact, Derek, before I show them that, I want to read verse 2 to you again. He said, I thought it good. Nebuchadnezzar talking now. I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God has worked for me. Now in 1706, Matthew Henry compiled what we know as a Matthew Henry commentary. Folks, we're talking about, uh, help me out, 500 years, all right? And so he pretty much went through every scripture. But I just want to give you a little part of what he said concerning this verse right here. He said, I thought it good to show the signs and wonders. And he, he, he's mentioning the verse here. He said, I thought it good to show the signs and wonders that the high God, so, and, and so he calls the true God, has wrought toward me. He thought it seemly, so the word is, that it was his duty and did well become him, that it was a debt he owed to God and the world now that he had recovered from his, say that word with me, distraction. I don't know. Yeah, his distraction. You see, what we are so in love with, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's anything more than the Bible and Jesus Christ and finishing what he said to be working on. If your schedule, your life, and not even that, if your thoughts does not revolve around the Great Commission, doing what Jesus said, I'm going away to leave y'all that are here today, meaning in the world, to do. if it's not defined by that, then there's a prayer request going on, okay? It's not about coming to church, paying tithe, doing a little good thing here and there, and... I'm still just pretty much mentally and physically and financially invested in what's going on in my family's life or in, in the world. And I'm, or, or I'm all caught up in all of the mess that's going on, which is a major distraction right now. It is. And this is the very reason. I didn't know during Christmas I was going to be sharing this message now. God didn't reveal this message to me until the first of the week. But this is why we spent four weeks talking about humility. It makes sense to me now. You see, because we've got a lot of people. You know a lot of people. Perhaps there's people here, people online, that humility is not anything that is associated with them. They're not humble. You're not humble. It's still, it's about me. I got to be stroked. I got to be noticed. I got to be recognized. I got to be liked. I got to be oohed and awed over. I want people to glorify me. I know you don't use that term, but that's what God hears coming from me. I just want to be accepted by the world around me, and that's the worst attitude you could ever have because he says, you can't be a friend of God and a friend of the world at the same time. He said, they hated me, so they're going to hate you. If they love me, they would love you. So if they love you, then, then you don't love me. That's some strong stuff right there, isn't it? But see, what happens, and I'm trying to finish, believe it or not, 12 months is what happens to all of us. 12 months is what happens to me. 
Can I tell, can I tell you something true? And I, I'm going to have people to disagree with this. I know. I'm going to have people to tell me I shouldn't say this. And a part of me wonders if I should say this. But it tells you how weak I can be. In March of 2020, when the pandemic, scamdemic, and everything else-demic happened, all of this stuff started. That right there goes over well on Facebook, by the way, and YouTube, uh, and Twitter. I might as well call them all out. Hey, listen. By the way, here's a quick uh, butterfly, OCD, COD thing. Download the Multitudes Church app. Would you do that? I, I beg people to do that. Do that because one day you're going to be irritated. You're going to think the church ain't paid their bill and all this good stuff because you can't get it on social media platforms anymore. Download the Multitudes Church app while you can because sooner than later, you saw the video again. We are being censored. We are being pushed out. We are being... Uh, I, I'm just doing a lot of myth preaching today, okay? It's coming to a, a city near you in America. Canada's not the only place. Look, just listen. So n enough with that plug, but I want to tell you this. Last March in t or 2020, two years now almost, I began to weep and pray when I knew that church was going to be shut down and locked down and all that hoopla mess that went on that I'm, I've repented over and I'm embarrassed about. But I began to weep and pray. You know what? Yeah, I was going to miss people, but I was worried because of something that the world has planned for over... This, this is where I really stirred the pot... Over 25 years, documented, proof, it's been tested and tried in places that you don't know about. Anyway, as far as I'm getting into the mess again, I let that influence me to the point that it brought me to tears. And I said, God, we ain't going to be able to pay the bills no more. That's a true story that I have admitted once or twice to people. You know what God did to me in a spiritual way after he told me to hush do you trust me to meet your needs or the pulse of the world and the government and what everybody else says? Uh, let me throw some other letters. CDC, FDA, all these other, NIH, AMA. Let's get them all in there. Do you let them determine this? Or am I Jehovah Jireh that you say I am? So you know what God did? He sent people that don't even attend this church, one with $1,000. One with $500. Because we used to minister to one of them's grandchildren like 10 or 12 or 15 years ago in ministry. And it didn't stop there. We have not missed a beat. And I say, if people are living right, they're going to give right. They don't believe in tipping. They are tithers and then some. And if they don't, that's between them and God. And it might take a Nebuchadnezzar thing to get them where they need to be or a Job thing. I don't know, don't want that. But some people just don't believe the Bible. And so all that went on and God proved to me that, listen to me, I am the one that supplies the need. I am the one that you should be trusting. I am the one that you should be leaning on, not this world. And so I had to, getting back to what I was saying, I had to get to a place where I humbled myself. I'm glad to see Nathan and Kevin there because I've been locked in solitary confinement. I ain't paid no attention to them. I just kind of give y'all notice that now that I see y'all, I'm about to cut out of here, okay? So anyway, um, God wants me to tell us today that even the preacher has to humble himself when you let... Outside influence, get a, here we go, get a hold of you, okay? And what do you mean by that? I mean all, that, all those names and letters and all this stuff. Because, listen, I know that it's going to be a better year for the church. And I mean the redeemed, the bride of Christ, the remnant. And I heard something another pastor say the other day <laughs> at prayer. 
that he heard another pastor say in his family when he went to one of their celebrations because people were worried about people during all of this stuff that's been going on. So let it be said that I'm quoting what somebody said somebody else said that you don't need to worry about. He said, the members will leave. He said, but the disciples will stay. And you can get to a place where you can let outside things in the world influence you. And even though maybe I don't think I'm like Nebuchadnezzar, but, but you can allow everybody and everything... It, it's not just your world and what you have and what you've accumulated, but you can let other people influence you to a certain way. And the only fix for you, Opie, is for God to humble you if you're not willing to humble yourself. And sometimes God has to let things happen and it might take seven days or seven hours and it might take seven years because you might really be embedded deep in your own pride and in your own world. So God might have to just empty you out. And you might have to be humbled by God. So here's what God is trying to tell me today. There's two things I'm going to leave with you here in a moment. But folks, God has been preparing the properties here. We're getting close upstairs, but it's just taking a lot of work. We're getting really close I'm proud of like the inchworm work that's getting done, but it's really going to be great and off the chain what we're going to finally be able to do for children here when we, during morning worship. And God's been preparing this property. God's been preparing that property over there for something really great and grand and big. I, I think God wants us to try to pay this property off this year like that one is. But that's going to have to be something that God does through you. And I don't know how that's going to happen, but I believe we don't need to owe anybody at this point in life. And that's not a plug, and I'm not getting off the subject here, but I'm trying to tell you God has been preparing the properties, and so God's dealing with me. Hey, I really need you to let's prepare the people because if the property's prepared, and the people's prepared. When the flood does come around like it did, you know, the property was the ark, and he tried to prepare the people, but here we go. Let's do a quick quiz. How many of them listen? Eight. So that's why I'm telling you, folks, I get scared to death. Not that the house is not full, but I get scared to death. Is, is who listening and who's not listening? Who's applying? Who's walking in the Word? Who's embracing it? Or who's just trying to find something to, to get upset about? Hey, man, I ought to be upset. But I'm too desperate to see God fill people with the Holy Ghost. I'm too desperate to see God heal. I rode through random woods one day this week and rolled down my window and prayed toward Ron Cheek's house because I believe God can restore back to that man's life. I'm not playing. I'm trying to live out what I'm preaching to you. I'm trying to prepare this person along with you people because I believe this is the year for the church. But we can't wink at what's going on in the world. You've got to wake up somewhere along the line and realize that the world is full steam ahead. The Antichrist is almost ready to step onto the scene. They're working on the digital currency right now to get all this... That's why we don't have a problem spending trillions of dollars. There you go. Because it, we'll never be able to be worth trillions of dollars ever again. The only economic solution for that is a digital currency, whether it's Coinbase, crypto, Bitcoin, whatever it might be. We don't know. But it's going to get to a point where it's all digital here or it's all digital right here. Doesn't matter if it's a vaccine card or your insurance information or your banking account number it's going here and it's going here and that wasn't something Jimmy Evans said or Fox or Christianity today God said that thousands of years ago I don't know why the church does not connect the dots and see what's going on around you I don't want to even yell that loud I got to preach it to a clock I don't think it'd be that loud 
But I, in closing, folks, I'm just passionate because I got to have a few people to finish this thing. And I want to believe everybody here is part of that few and, and some that are watching. We got to have some kind of remnant, some kind of team so we can finish this work. God's not going to raise up a church on the other side of that ditch. Now, he could, but God's left us here in the shape we're in, whether we're in a wheelchair or we've got great health or we can, we can run 10 miles today and bench press 400 pounds. It doesn't matter. Or we can't even hardly walk because arthritis has got us or, or, or we stay sick. God's left us here. This is something I'll never quit saying. In the condition you are in, physically, emotionally, relationally, uh, financially, God knows all that. He still chose to leave you here and not let it or them take you out and kill you so you could be part of the solution and the hope that's still left here before the trumpet of God sounds. He left you here. He left you here to pray for people. He left here, you here to love on people. He here, left you here to lead people and to launch them back out to add to the remnant. That's why you're here. Not to have a bigger this or to get more of that or to be more like or more loved. He left you here to finish what Jesus started and said, I'm leaving it to y'all and I'm going to give y'all the power. But the people's got to be prepared so we can have the power and do what God wants us to do. And you know something that Nebuchadnezzar, uh, he did, and we read about it. I told you about it. This is something he did. And we all do this. I told you I did it. When we get sloppy, or we get sloppy rather, when we don't surrender to God. And, and see what's happening today here, and I feel it online. Because there's, you know, people naturally maybe not able to come today because of the weather, honestly. But what happens is we go into, again, and this is pride. I've got to warn you, church. This is pride at its finest. We, and this happens all over the world when the word of God's going forth. People kind of clock in or click in to a theologian mode. We sit back and we kind of start analyzing stuff. One of the things that's always going on, people say, I wonder if he's talking to me. If you've ever said that in your life, I can tell you, 100%. If that's come across your mind, that answer was no. But the Holy Ghost and the Word of God was. Don't care who the preacher was. If you've ever said that in your, and I have many times, and God's taught me down through the years, if you've ever wondered, is he aiming for me or he's saying that, but he knows what? If you've ever said that, that answer is no. He or she wasn't. But the Word of God and the Holy Ghost was. And so we hear, we get, and we analyze, we try to say, because you know, it's about us. Y'all know that, Nebuchadnezzar, right? It's about us. Well, if he only knew what I dealt with or what I've gone through and all that, and God's sympathetic. That's why Jesus took nails. That's why Jesus suffered a crown of thorns. That's why Jesus was beat naked in front of his mom and everybody else. That's why, because he knew what you would go through. That's why he even cried when Lazarus died, so he could be acquainted with even grief and death. He knows about all this. So, so, it's not about me. It's not about my children. It's not about my spouse. It's not about my world. It's not me trying to squeeze this in or that in, and then I'll jump back in and get involved. No, it's about finishing what God left us here to do. That's what it's about. And really, the last two things that I want to tell you is things that you ought to remember starting right now. And the first thing is, you will never have so much in this life that there is no longer a need to glorify God. Never. You'll never get smart enough. You'll never get rich enough. You'll never get famous enough. You'll never get successful enough so much and, and I mean this for ministers in ministry as much as I mean for lay people you'll never get to a point where it will never ever need to be just about Jesus 
anybody that makes it about kind of them and Jesus has a Nebuchadnezzar issue. See, as long as you've got to share it with Jesus, it's not all about Jesus. Even in my suffering. You know, it was said in the Bible one time that I suppose that the sufferings of this life are not worthy to be compared with the glory that awaits us. That means the worst day of my life, my family's not, even though it's bad and we wish we could avoid, it's not even worthy. It's not even comparable to what's going on for me in heaven right now. The Bible says, and what I love about chapter 4, and Nebuchadnezzar wrote chapter 4, I told you, is that his whole tune, you know, smack dab in the middle, he was tooting his own horn. But at the beginning, you know, telling after the fact, and at the end, oh, it was all about God, the Most High God, glorifying God. But it took, it took a lot of pumping to get all that mess out of him, seven years worth. And so the Bible says, with my mouth, this is a song I learned in college. It's an old hymn. It says, with my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. And the Bible says that like he learned after the fact that there is always glory. Every day you wake up, even though we sang for 20 or 30 minutes, at the end of the last note, of the praise and worship today, there was still more glory that was due the name of God. I'll prove it to you. Psalm 29 and 2 says, Give unto the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Give the Lord the glory due His name. You'll never pay up. You'll never. You know, one of the worst things I think a person can say is they sing too long at that church whether it's our church or another church. If it's true worship to God, you can't sing enough. You can't worship God enough. You cannot do that. So I will never have so much in this world. You'll never arrive, in other words. I'm preparing the people. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm finishing. But you'll never get to a place where every day does not need to be a Jesus day. Look at what I've done. Look at what I've accomplished, you know. You know, I'm, I'm not really, uh, Angie will post things on Facebook every now and then or I'll have to get on a computer some kind of way to put church related or God related. But I'm really not on social media. But when I was and when I do, you can tell a lot about a person by what they're always posting. Out of the abundance of the heart, I'm, I'm quoting the Bible to you. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh or the thumb typeth. Number two says, one day every knee shall bow. That's the Bible again. You know that... One day every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. But don't you make a mistake today. Online, don't make a mistake. Visitor, don't make a mistake. One day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. But God can make anybody bow and confess right now if he so will, if he so chooses. There ain't a man talking, there ain't a man breathing that's so big and bad and bold that God cannot drop him to his knees right now. Not a woman, there's not a group, there's not a family, there's not a business, there's not a church, there's not a ministry, there's not a government, there's not a king. Nobody, nowhere, that God cannot humble them on the spot without any warning at all. God can do that. You know, I just remember this. But I heard somebody say one time a long time ago, a long time ago that they were interviewing Garth Brooks and I'm, I'm serious God is my witness I have not thought about this till right now that I'm saying it so I know it's the Holy Ghost and I'm supposed to share it 
But he made the statement in an interview one time, he'll never spend all the money he had. His grandchildren wouldn't even spend all the money he had. I don't know if they did or had or whatever. I know he's got a lot of drama going on. But I will tell you this. It doesn't matter how much money a man has, folks. It doesn't matter what we've, we've acquired or accomplished in this life or what we know or who we know. God can drop anybody in a split second as fast as the rapture is going to occur. And the Bible says in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, quicker than you can blink your eyes one time, that's how quick people are going to be gone. But that quick, God can take everything away from anybody. Anybody. I don't care if it's Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, one of the sheiks. It doesn't matter. God can take and uproot anybody, anytime. And he can get your attention. When you get to heaven, you ask Paul what that light was, that light was like. You ask Job what it felt like. Again, you ask Jonah what the inside of the fish felt like. You ask Nebuchadnezzar, if he's there, what it was like. Eating with them animals. I want you to stand with me, if you will. And again, I'm begging you, verse 27, don't let pride have any part of this message today that God is dealing with us about. Because of wondering. God's talking to all of us. God ain't talking to somebody you think he's talking to. God's trying to prepare all of us for the church to see the best year we've ever had. Man, I'm more optimistic than I've ever been. I was elated in 2011 at this same time when I showed you all them pictures of LOL staging and all. We didn't have nothing that year. Robbie's right here. He was with me when we went to go look at the stage and all that stuff that the Marshall Tucker Band played on at the Darlington Speedway, and we praised God on it many, many times since then. But listen, listen. Don't say nothing about the Marshall Tucker Band. That's my group. <laughs> you better re rewind this message. <laughs> well, I'm telling you now, you got to get it together. you got to drop this stuff. Walk out, the, walk out of the room. Don't stay in there. I thought, man, and we saw God do a lot that year. That's 11 years ago. But because the signs and the season and the apostasy that we see, the asleep, the walking away, churches and denominations and preachers and people trying to make the Bible a myth and even... This is happening in America. Don't be fooled by that, that newscast only. Hey, there are people that saying, well, the Bible don't really mean that anymore and, and trying to just water down the scriptures and not preach things anymore. But I'm telling you, heaven and earth will pass away, but not my word. And I'm so optimistic this year of what God is going to do with the body, with the remnant. I just want multitudes to be included in that. And I know we need to be like big old funnels. That's what I want you to imagine yourself as today. I don't want you to look like a milkshake straw. I don't want you to even look like them good ones that, that they have over in the youth center. You know, praise God the milkshakes are going to be back on Wednesday night. Anyway, I just had a fleshly thought there. I'm sorry. But anyway, I need coffee in it. But over there, you know, we got sanctified the youth, man, the students have sanctified straws over there. They're not them little old dinky. They're them big jokers you used to get at subs and cream. Anybody remember subs and cream? Oh, yeah. They used to have them. We got good. We got sanctified straws over there. Don't even be a sanctified straw today. God wants you to leave like this. He wants you to leave a big funnel. Oh, God, pour it, pour it in me. Pour it on me in the name of Jesus. I want it 
Church, I'm not playing. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to make people happy or mad. I just know there's a lot on the table. There's a lot on the line. And I'm saying, God, pour it out. Pour it out. You said you would. And I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I don't want a mega church. God, I want a mighty church, Lord. I want a powerful church. God, I want you, Lord. That's what I want, God. That's what I want this church to be bleeding, Jesus. I want people to know that there's a hospital in Scotland County where they can get help, where they can get healed, where they can get loved on, where they can find the real Jesus, not the religious Jesus. And I'm saying, God, I'm open, and I want you to do what you got to do with me so I can do what I need to do for you. So what is it going to take? What is it going to take, Lord? Now, that's not a question I'm asking me. God, I'm telling you, whatever it's going to take, Lord, that I don't surrender to, God, my prayer is I'm a funnel. I don't want to miss anything, Lord. I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to miss anything. Eric don't want to miss anything. Does anybody else? I don't want to miss anything. God, you ain't got to fit it in here. I'm wide open. I've cleared the junk out of my mind. I've cleared the junk out of my heart. I've cleared the junk off of my bucket list. You are my bucket list. Here, God, I'm wide open. Here's a big old space, Lord. I'm I'm not limiting you this year. Multitudes, we're not limiting you this year. We're saying, here I am, God. Send me, use me, fill me. You've got me, God. You've got this ministry, Lord. You've got the student ministry. You've got the children's ministry. God, you've got the inmate feeding ministry. You've got the jail ministry, Lord. You've got the gym ministry. Lord, you've got the fish and loaf ministry. You've got the street ministry. All the ministries. You've got the online ministry. You've got the LOL ministry, God. Every ministry we've ever had or attempted. God, you've got them all. We open up, Lord. We open up as wide as we can and say, God, fit all you can in here, God. Fit all you will in here. God, we're not closed anymore, but we're wide open, Lord, and we're going to taste and see you one more time. Do it again, God. You're going to do it again. And Lord, we want you to do it with us. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. God, I thank you for the example that you allowed in your word of Nebuchadnezzar, Lord. And God, I'm not just going to listen to it. But God, I'm going to take that advice of Daniel in verse 27. I surrender today, Lord. I surrender me today. I break down, Lord. Oh, I break down. I give you me, Lord. I'm not worried about anybody else in this church, in this community, in my family. I am giving you me right now, Lord. I'm not even worried about any other preacher, Lord. I give you me. Have your way, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Have your way. Have your way. God loves every person that will allow him to love you. God wants every person. God wants to use every person. God has a blessing that you've not asked him for. God has a door that you've never opened or seen. And if you will surrender to him today, God will give you what you can't or no one else can give you. God will give you what you've never imagined. God will do more for you than you've ever asked him to do if you will just give him you and not restrict the hand of God moving in this last day. So saith the Lord. And God, I love you and I bless you. I thank you for your words. I thank you for your spirit, God. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I bless you, Jesus. Every unsaved person online in this place, 
if you will just say with a heart of humility, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner and I am sorry. God, I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive me. I renounce my life and my choices up until now. I've been selfish. I've been sinful. And God, I've been running and not even known I was running from the greatest thing that could ever happen to me. So God, I give you my life today. I bless you, Jesus. I bless you, Jesus. Have your way, Lord. I now give you me. I want to be part of the remnant, Lord. The Bible says if you pray that and you mean that God is faithful and just, He's willing to cleanse you, forgive you. He'll cleanse you of all of your unrighteousness. That's what the Bible teaches us. And we want to help you with that. There's a number on the screen you can text online. You can go to through the website. It's about finishing strong. It's about doing what God's left us here to do. This world is not anybody's home that's a believer. If you are not a Christian and you say, I'll never get saved, we're going to pray against that. But I'm telling you, this world is not going to last forever. This world is not going to last forever. So today is the day of salvation. So don't put no hope in it. Don't try to bank up all you can bank up, pile up all you can pile up. Father, and I pray today that we would leave here like that funnel, Lord. God, we would do it now. We would say, Lord, I'm going to be a part of the best year that the church, the body of Christ, has seen. I don't want to be distracted. Help me to resist every evil temptation, every lustful temptation. I plead the blood over my family to not be caught up in all the things of this world. I plead the blood over my spouse. I plead the blood over my children. I plead the blood over my classmates. I plead the blood over my co-workers. I plead the blood over my neighbors. I plead the blood over our community leaders. I plead the blood over our state and our national leaders. I plead the blood over the church as a whole. I plead the blood of Jesus. Lord, this is your church. You said the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So God, we believe, Lord, we are not backing up. We're not waiting on the next call from the world, the next cue from the world. God, you've already told us what we need to be. And that is about our father's business. You did it at 12 years of age and all of your life. And so did the disciples and the apostles and the early church. And God, we are to continue that trend and that mandate. So God, help us to do that and realize it's a divine privilege. And God, again, right now, God, I anoint myself in behalf of Cindy today, Lord, that she would have a faster than expected recovery, Lord. You are a mender. You are a restorer. You give strength. And I pray you would do that, Lord. I pray, Lord, I anoint Aaron right now, myself in behalf of Aaron, Lord, that you would give her a safe trip. And God, you would move in Mallory's body. Mallory, I don't even know if you're listening or you watch this later. But I anoint myself, honey, in behalf of you, that God would do a mighty work in your life. And God, I also anoint myself for those who are sick right now in their bodies. Uh, God, whether it, I anoint myself in behalf of my wife, Lord, who needs a divine intervention in her back, Lord. I pray for her, for Ronnie, and any other person 
that's having back trouble. I pray for Kenley, God. I pray, Lord, for all of those who have things, God, beyond COVID or flu or sinuses. God, blood pressure, God, anxiety, Lord, lung trouble, Lord, feet trouble, thyroid trouble, blood pressure, cholesterol, God. I pray over all of it, Lord. Fear, those who are still a captive of fear, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood and I anoint myself in behalf of them, God. No weapon form will prosper or prevail. And Lord, and I anoint my lips. Let the words of my lips and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And God, I pray, Lord, over all of our first responders here, God, had so much, God, over the, the fire department. I, I pray for Jaleel and all his co-workers. I pray for uh, Duke. I pray for Ralph, all the officers, Lord, all of, all of the people, Lord, the EMS. I pray, God, these people are dealing, Lord, firsthand with not only dangerous conditions, Lord, but they're dealing with a sick world now, Lord. People do not respect you, and they certainly don't respect life. So we pray for them, God, for a hedge of protection, God, overall. Help them to, they're here to serve us, Lord, and, and you ordained that, God, in your word. So we pray, God, let it be done. And God, keep the people safe. In the name of Jesus, anoint the service today. And all of God's people said, Amen.